Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, Mental Performance Coach here, host of the Mental Performance Mastery Podcast. And today, my guest is PBA bowling superstar, AJ Johnson. AJ most recently won a PBA tour title in Sweden. And we go all the way back to 2018 when he was a member of the Team USA bowling team. So AJ, in this podcast, is going to unpack the mental performance strategies that he uses to be one of the most competitive and successful bowlers in the world and the strategies that he really doubled down on to help him to win his first PBA Tour title. AJ is going to talk about the importance of using fear as fuel, of creating routines pre-competition, post-competition, and in competition. He's going to talk about getting out of a comparison mindset and into a competitor's mindset. He's going to talk about the importance of mental imagery, of having physical triggers to help you flip the switch, whether it be when you put your jersey on or at the end of the day, when you shower well. He's going to discuss three keys to keeping it simple, his one word focus, and the importance of working with a mental performance coach if you want to be the best version of yourself. Let's join AJ Johnson, PBA Tour winner on the Mental Performance Mastery Podcast. Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane here with the Mental Performance Mastery Podcast. And man, could not be more fired up to bring my friend and PBA tournament bowling champion, AJ Johnson, onto the podcast to talk about mental performance from one of the top bowlers in the world. AJ and I go back to when we first met with Team USA Bowling in 2018. And just recently in 2023, he won his first PBA Tour title at the Lucky Larson Masters event over in Sweden. AJ Johnson, man, this is a long time coming, brother. Congratulations to you. And thank you for joining us on the Mental Performance Mastery Podcast. No, thank you, man. Um, this is uh, this has been absolutely crazy. Um, it's been it's been one hell of a journey. Um, there's been so many years of hard work and time put into this to to get to this point. And you know, to be quite honest, I don't know that I would be sitting here being able to talk about this had I not made the trip out to you um, in March of this year uh, to get things back on the right track. Um, you know, I I've been I've been through a lot of great times with bowling and uh i've been i've been in my, a lot of a lot of dark and and down times and uh and being a part of being on tour for so long and, and doing this for seven full seasons eight years whatever it is you know things things get at you and and you try to figure out the best way to deal with that and navigate that and and find ways to continue to push through it um and and stay on on the path and a lot of what I've learned and a lot of what I've seen is that, you know, you have your own timeline. Um, nothing, you, you know, your timeline is not somebody else's timeline just because somebody else is doing something, you know, different or has more doesn't mean that yours isn't coming. And um, we talked a lot about that part of it, the comparison part, you know, when I came out to see you because a lot of that got to me. Um, and, uh, and, just you kind of flipping the script for me to get back on the right path was, was a hundred percent what I needed. Um, and like I said, I don't know that I'm sitting here talking about that or talking about this tournament, uh, had I not done that. 
Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, AJ, you know, right? Comparison when you're a professional athlete and dragon slayer, whether it's on the PBA tour or the PGA tour in the UFC or major league baseball, so many professional athletes, because you get assessed and evaluated, right? It's really easy to fall into the comparison trap where comparison is the thief of all joy. And what we have to do is shift more into competitive focus, into controlling what I can control, into dialing in my process. And, you know, you, you had eight years, I think it was right on tour before you won your first PBA title. And you're one of the top guys in, in in the world bowling on team USA for a large part of your career. What do you feel like were some of the major adjustments that you had to make to go from competing for titles to winning a title, or was it just a matter of time? What do you think? You know, I think, I, I think a lot of, a lot of the, you know, matter of time that, you know, that was a big part of it. I made a lot of TV shows. I've put myself in a lot of positions and, you know, I've come up short and, you know, it was just that you just keep, pounding the rock, you keep knocking on the door and that door is going to break open. Um, and then a lot of it too, was just getting, getting to where I believe that I deserve that. Mm -hmm. And I, and believing that, you know, I, there's no reason why anyone else should have what, what I have coming. You know what I mean? It's, um, and it was the conversations that we had about just competing to a standard. Um, you know, I, I always thought that I was, you know, trying to compete to, the level of some of the other guys that were winning so many times in majors and in, in our sport, but I was trying to develop a standard of myself that I needed to compete to and also beat uh, throughout the year. And we, we figured that out when I was out there. And I did a lot of that uh, throughout the year because we would have conversations where I'm like, you know, I didn't, wasn't quite sure about this and you know, this didn't feel right. And then we look at numbers and scores and you're like, well, you're beating everything that you had before. So you're, you're competing to another level of a standard that you didn't have before. Um, the other part of it was, was huge on process. Um, you know, having, having routines and a process of everything that I do throughout the day, um, especially leading up to competition. And then and also in the heat of competition, having something to go to, you know, we worked on that when I came and saw you and, and now I can tell you exactly what that whole process looks like without even doing it for the last, you know, couple of weeks since I've been home. Um, and that was a big part because now I, when things start to get a little, start to go haywire, they, you know, start to get a little testy, you know, I have something to go to. I have a way to let all that go. Um, you know, and I see a lot of that, a lot of what I do with bowling, I see a lot of with starting pitchers in, in the majors, you know, watching guys, you know, like Corbin Burns and seeing how they kind of go about their business I can relate to when we're bowling because we're kind of on an Island, just like they are. Mm. We have to have those things in ourselves to go to and have that process to stick to um, in order to get through, you know, whatever adversity that we're facing um, in that time. And then, you know, at the end of it too, I, I, I told a couple of people when I've, you know, when I've talked about uh, being in that moment, um, I don't know that I've ever said it out loud to myself. And this time I did, and I was sitting bowling in that final match. And I, I, I had said to myself, you know what, you've been in this moment before and you've, you've so quote unquote failed so many times. Why are you afraid of failing now? Just go get it. Mm. There's no reason for it. So I don't, I don't never said that out loud. And because I think it was that I was, I was always afraid of failing. I hate failing. It's um, you know, I've been an athlete my entire life and I just, it's just one of those things ingrained in you, but I've always gotten to a point at every level, whether it be youth, high school, college, team USA, regionally, uh, across the world, 
I've always gotten to a level where I've been the guy on top. And, um, and that was, I think that was a part of it, you know, being afraid of failing. And now I finally had, had sat had, sitting there pulling the title match. And I tell myself, why are you afraid of failing? You've done it so many times. What are you going to do the same thing? Or are you going to go after it? Hmm. And, and I, and I think bringing that together with all the stuff that I talked about with you and, and having those things to go to having the, the process and, and the, um, just the, the way the, the better preparation is, uh, has been a hundred percent big for me and going forward. You know, and you talk about like being able to let go of the outcome, right? Like, Hey, you've been in this situation and failed before and your life's great. You're going to be a dad. You got, you got all these great things going on. Right. And you've been in this situation and failed before and you're still living your life, but you want to go get the outcome. And I think when you look at giving up expectation of my life will be better when I win or I get set outcome and get into execution of your process, execution of your routine. And you talked about earlier, like a routine of what I do before competing while I'm competing and then how I evaluate after I compete. Talk to us if you would in some detail, AJ, about like your pre-bowling routine when you say you would enter that hourglass or when that starts for you in the hotel and then what it looks like even at the settee between shots what it looks like over the ball return between shots you know and how you would even release and have something to go to when things get a little bit off the rails or get squirrely take us through that whole day of what that routine looks like for you yeah absolutely um so everything for me kind of starts in the morning uh with you know morning routine so i always I always like to set out, you know, whatever it is that I'm going to wear that day, um, the night before, um, the Jersey, I'm going to wear the pants, belt, socks, compression shorts, the undershirt, everything, uh, the, my pullover that I wear, like everything gets set out the day before, uh, I get up, I go through my morning routine of getting ready. Um, and then if I have some things that I need to do, you know, for my body to get ready to go, um, uh, before I even get to the bowling center, bowling center, whether that's, um, you know, doing some mobility work, um, doing, you know, some different core things just to get my body activated because throughout the year we go through some series of injuries and I had some couple of things that just didn't feel right. And my physio guy gave me some stuff to do before I left. So there are some things that, that those things get done before I left. And then I get once, once the Jersey goes on for me, that's kind of like me going into competition mode. So once the jersey's on, then everything I do up until I'm, I'm done wearing that or I go to take that off is all I'm all in on everything that I need to do that day for uh, for competing. Um, and then I get to the bowling center. Uh, I get bowling balls ready. I get loose, even you know a little more stretched out before get get everything taped up and ready to go. And then in the in competition. Um, you know, my process is I brush my shoe off um, and I wipe my heel. Uh, when I wipe my heel, I wipe it in a way so that I can feel the ridges of my heel to make sure that I'm present and that I am where my feet are. And then once I do that, I I hit my rosin so that I, I can see the rosin come out of the bag and I can I watch it come out. And then I go to the ball return. I pick up my chamois. I wipe the oil off my ball. I set it down and I put my hand over the air and really feel it. And I close my eyes. I take a deep breath. Uh, um, you know, nothing ever fast paced because you don't want to rush anything. And when things get crazy, it does get rushed a little bit. 
um, or when I'm not bowling so great. But um, when things are going good, it's a slow breath, open my eyes, I step on the approach, and then I go. And then depend, and then I just evaluate what happens after uh, after that shot. Uh, whether I have to pick up a spare, you know, I come back, you know, tell you know, kind of evaluate what went on. If I need to do something different, I make the spare come back and just kind of sit there, make an adjustment. Or if you know, if it struck, if I, if I need to just continue doing what I'm doing, then I come back and I start that process over again for the next frame. And when I start, when I start every frame. Uh, my first ball, the, the routine is the exact same. Um, now, when we you know shoot at spares, obviously when we come back, you know I I'll either grab a rosin if I need to if I need to you know hit something and throw it down to kind of let it go if something bad happened uh, before I shoot the spare, or I come back, take a breath, pick up my spare ball, and then shoot the spare and move on to the next frame and try to make that next frame better. Um, once uh, once the day is over, uh, the the block um the qualifying round or whatever whatever that that rounder um you know tv show anything that i'm competing in that day once that's over with you know i'll kind of you know go through evaluate what happened and see if if there's areas that i can improve on um if there's you know i if i could have made better bowling ball choices if i could have you know gotten myself out of that red light that we've talked about if you know if i got into that a little bit more frequently if I can get myself out of that better to get into a better frame of mind going into the next games or frames, um, even when, you know, when things start to snowball, um, you know, evaluate if there's, you know, a different game plan that I need to go about uh, for, for the next day to, to make it better. And then once I fully kind of assess that um, once I take my Jersey off and everything and I shower, then I'm, I've already forgotten about it. You know, we, we talked about that of, you know, really showering well and, and getting rid of whatever it, that happened, whether may it be good or bad. Once that day is over, it's over. And then it's time to get ready to, uh, and set out for the next one. Man, AJ Johnson, there's a ton to unpack there. And one of the things I want to unpack is that t-shirt that you got underneath. What, what are you wearing? Right sir. There? Dominate the day t-shirt. I just noticed that man. Let's go. Let's go. He's got the, yes, dominate sir. the day T. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know, AJ, you talked about a lot there, right there, man, your pre-competition, your in-competition, post-competition. What I want people listening to this podcast to take away is not exactly what it is you're doing, but how intentional you are with what you're doing and how intentional the athletes listening to this podcast, you know, who also want to be the best in the world at what they do as you do and compete for that at the highest level, the intention of the things you're doing. And you talked about feeling the heel right of your shoe to be present. And, you know, as we talked to baseball hitters about digging into the box and feeling the dirt under your feet or swiping the rubber to feel that under your feet, you know, and you mentioned Corbin Burns, who I know you've gone to see pitch a bunch and to really kind of study like his routines and his breathing. So one of the things he'll talk about in the podcast we do with him is the importance of like when he has a red light and needs to release, putting the glove under the arm, rubbing the ball, looking at a focal point, taking a breath, you know, so there's a lot we want to unpack here, but talk about the importance of feeling the heel and what that does to help you stay present. Yeah, that's, uh, that was big uh, for us when we discussed that, um, you know, and I never really thought of it in any other way, other than me just kind of wiping away any, anything that got on my heel to make sure it was clean when I got up to throw a shot. And really what that kind of brought you know, kind of brought to my attention was that me feeling that and then also feeling the air and everything made me 
hone in and aware of where my feet are and staying present and only focusing on that frame, that shot and that moment of time, not worrying about, you know, the 260 game I bowled before and like, all right, now I got to, I just need to do that again. Or if I bowled a 180 or, you know, the last frame, I, I pocket 710 or 2810 or something like that. It, it make it brings me back into just focusing on what's important now. And that's just making that shot even better than what the one was before or whatever. Just it's really making dialing in on that one shot, that frame. Um, and by making myself present makes me do that even more. Um, mm. Being able to close my eyes, taking that breath, uh, feeling the air in, in, in all parts of that. It's just it's bringing me into where I'm at in that moment in time and nowhere else. You know, and you talked about also the rosin and hitting the rosin on your hand, right? And then th drop throwing the rosin sometimes as a release or dropping the rosin, watching the smoke come out. No different than I'll give a couple examples that people maybe have seen the movie Gladiator when Russell Crowe bends down and picks up the dirt before he starts the battle once the dirt fall to the ground. He feels the dirt go through his hands right? Uh, it's Hollywood reality, LeBron James before a game, the, the baby powder or whatever it is on his hands and throws it up in the air, right? And causes the smoke cloud part of his routine. You look at, I remember David Price on a podcast that we had where he talked about um, at Vanderbilt, one of the things he used to do in college, right? Was he'd put the rosin on his, on his glove arm. He'd throw the rosin down, watch the smoke come up and go down. He's making his major league debut at Yankee stadium, pitching against Tampa coming out of the bullpen in like the seventh inning, he's got so much adrenaline going through his system that he can't throw the ball below the catcher's mask in the bullpen. So what's he do? He has something to go to. Like you're talking about same thing, rosin bag. He gets off the back of the mound, grabs a rosin bag, puts it on his arm, looks at the top of the flagpole, a focal point takes a breath, throws the rosin, watches the smoke come up, proceeds to go out and punch out like seven of the nine batters that he faces in his major league debut, right? So that having something to go to, the rosin, wiping the oil off of your ball with your chamois. Talk about the importance, AJ, just of those physical triggers, feeling the heel, the rosin, wiping the ball. You talked about when you put your jersey on, that flips the switch into bowler. When you shower at the end of the day, that flips the switch from bowler back to back to person to dad. You just gave five, literally. I mean, if, if you take nothing else out of this out of this podcast, AJ just gave you five physical triggers that he uses to associate with the mental game. Talk about the importance of intentionally setting those triggers for yourself. You know, that... I think you you really hit it. I mean, there I don't think there is anything more important than you know when being an athlete and having those things that you intentionally set out to do every single time, no matter what of competing. You know, I don't care if I'm going and bowling a sweeper, you know, in my local bowling center or I'm going and bowling the u s open, my intention and my and what I am sending myself out to do and my process and what I go about all is always the same. Um, my one, a couple of my coaches have told me, they're like, I, they're like, we just don't understand. Like you just do these things. Like they're like, it's the back of your hand. You know, I'm bowling league and I'm brushing my shoe, wiping my heel, Tammy, the air, every I do, I'm doing everything the same. And sometimes not even just thinking about it. And it's because I do it every single time, no matter what, because as a high level athlete, there, I, you have to have those things that's intentional. You have to have those things that separates yourself because like you said, Kaner, preparation is in, is separation. Mm. And if you want to separate yourself from being just okay and good to great, 
you have to have the preparation. You have to have the intention of all those things. Um, I, I, I can't, I could speak on it, you know, just from experience when we set out those things and we, we physically wrote down and we put down every single thing that we wanted to go about and that I had to be intentional about doing every time that I would go to a tournament, I immediately started seeing results. And it was just because I was more prepared for myself and I was allowing myself to just compete. And I wasn't worried about all the other things in the garbage that was going on before, because it was bad before I came and saw you, it was really bad. And just putting, putting my mind into, into basically just preparing myself and just trying to get 1% better every single day and not trying to win the tournament or win the, whatever it was in ball one of the tournament, you there's, you can't do that. And, and I feel like before I was putting so much pressure on myself and putting so much emphasis on like, I have, to, I have to get it now. I have mm. to get it now. And it's not that way. Mm. And, and by doing all of the, all of the preparation and, and being intentional about my process and feeling where my feet are and being present in everything um, has really made, has really made a change in that. And, and I, I mean, like I said, everything I go and do now, whenever it's involved in bowling, even when I go play golf, I'm finding myself doing the same things and I'm just playing for fun with my buddies. I'm trying to do all those things because I know how important it is in my career. Well, and, and you're a competitor who wants to win. It doesn't matter if it's bowling, golf, or Dan <laughs> Tiddlywinks, right? You want, you want to win. I mean, that I, 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 somebody, I, I did an interview earlier this week. Someone was calling me about an article they were writing about you and they'd say, what was one word you describe AJ Johnson? And I said, well, I can't do it in one, but it would be two energy and competitor, you know, and that's, that's what, uh, what I think he brings to the table. And and they said, well, you know, when going back to 2018 team USA, Arlington, Texas, you know, the, the team USA bowling center right next to kind of six flags and where the Rangers ballpark is fantastic place. If there's any bowling fans listening to this, which I'm sure there will be and you're in that area, check it out. It's amazing. You know, and AJ, we started there and I think we got to work together with team USA, maybe three times before you decided to try to come out here and get some time one-on-one talk about the difference between you in that room as a team setting versus maybe coming out to Arizona to the house and us being able to get after it one-on-one, because I know there's a lot of baseball players that I start with when they're in college at various programs I work with, you know, Texas A&M or East Carolina or wherever. And then when, you know, we get together in they're in, in professional baseball and they come to the house, they're like, man, this is way different. I'm like, well, yeah, because it's one-on-one, not 50 on one. So talk about your difference in the experience between say team USA, where there's 12, 15 guys in a room and versus coming here one-on-one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, first and foremost, I want to say like when you came out and worked with the team, I immediately clicked with you and, and everything that you were teaching and, and what, how you were going about everything. And so I just, I was already in tune, you know, from the 30 seconds from getting started. Um, and with a team, there's a lot of information and you're trying to cover a lot of, a lot of areas so that all the players can kind of take things from all the parts on what they grasp on. Yeah. When I work with you one-on-one, we're diving in on, you know, what it is that I'm feeling and what I'm going through and what I need to fix and what, what needs to happen going forward for me personally, that, you know, there's not, a ton of information being trying to being grabbed, being grabbed from mm-hmm. it's, it's personal. 
it's, you know, we're going to get to the heart of it. We're going to figure out what's going on and we're, and we're going to get rid of it or either, or, or make it everything better. Um, and so I think that was a big part of it. Like I, I needed to have that, uh, because doing so much in, you know, what is what trying to cover with a whole team and trying to give information to everybody to take everything from that, or the one thing that they grasp onto, um, is totally different than just dialing in on the thing that you need individually and personally. And that, and that was big for me because I, I had never really done that. Um, and it took, it took a lot for me to finally sit down and say, there's something wrong. Um, you know, my girlfriend looked at me and asked me if I was okay. Uh, after a couple of tournaments where things weren't going well, coming off of a season that I had pulled so well on. And, you know, I sat there with tears in my eyes and I told her, I'm not, I'm not okay. I, and I don't know why. And that was when I reached out to you and I'm like, this is what's going on. I don't know what else I need to do, but you're the only, you're the person that I know I can turn to that can fix this and can help me get me, get me back on the path that I need to be on and being the elite athlete that I am. Um, and having that individual work, like I said, I don't know that I'm sitting here talking to you about winning in Sweden had I not done that and had I not gotten that one-on-one -on -one work with you because it's only it's only transpired to be even better you know when we talk about other things that other players are doing and we see things like man they're not doing that that's why they're not that's why they're losing or that's why they're not performing how they want to and so we find all those different things and and to make myself better and to make you know for any athlete that's listening to this like when you when you have that and you see the things and you know, the things that you're doing that have helped you and you see other players or competitors not doing certain things. And you're like, wow, that really does make a difference because they're not doing it and they're not performing well. Hmm. It's like my friend, Sean Casey, who was just recently the hitting coach of the New York Yankees, MLB network analyst, right? Lifetime 300 hitter, about a 15 year or so major league baseball career. He'd always say, Kaner, if you're not working with a mental performance coach at the highest level of any sport, it's like going to a gunfight with a butter knife and we want to bring the bazooka, <laughs> you know, we want to bring the bazooka. And part of that bazooka is also having the ammunition to put in that bazooka. So I want to kind of shift if we can into some of the, the strategies processes, let's call them that you use AJ and um, have you kind of wrap on some of these tools that we use that other listeners of this will be familiar with, but talk about like the success checklist in the app that we, that, you know, we used called habit share to really be intentional about your process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we talked a little bit, you know, that it's during the season, you know, I'm very intentional about all the things that we do. Um, and habit share has been great because it keeps me accountable. Mm. Um, I can go into that I can go into the app and I can see the things that, okay, did I, did I listen to mental performance daily podcast? Did I read, um, did I read the daily dominator? Did I read the daily stoic? Did I, uh, did I do my stretches and my mobility work before I left? Um, did, did I listen to the mental performance mastery thing for bowling the night before did, um, am I doing my breathing before we start competition? Because, that was a big thing. I didn't have that in there before. And we added that and sitting down before competition and having that, that, uh, six, two, five breathing or six, two, eight breathing, sorry. Um, has been, has been huge, especially in, in moments where, you know, I'm kind of like, all right, we're getting down to the nitty gritty of it. I need to get back present. So I, 
I do that. Um, having the, the one word focus, you know, before I start competition, am I, I finish practice. I see everything that, you know, that I need to do for that tournament. And I go to the, I go to my habit share and, and check and see, okay, did I, did I have that one word? Do I have my three keys, you know, for this tournament to make sure that I'm focused and intentional on, uh, to, to set myself up for success for the week. So doing, doing that, and also during the season, and one thing that I need to get better outside of the season is planning my day every single day, having, you know, having my days done the night before. I was great about that during the season, and it helped me tremendously on getting everything set up um, week week to week because we're traveling, you know, from different city to different city, you know, in a different bowling center, in a different environment every single week. And um, having planning my days out really helped with keeping me um, with keeping me intentional and keeping me uh, disciplined on what I needed to to do every day, um, especially as the year goes on when, you know, your time is being pulled from many different directions. Yeah. Wow, man, dude, there's so much you want to unpack there. You talked about one word focus, six to eight breathing, the three keys to keep it simple, planning your days in advance, right? Planning tomorrow, tonight. As you did that during the season, AJ, let's just unpack about that because I feel like that's one aspect of mental performance that a lot of professional athletes overlook is the importance of plan tomorrow, tonight. And before your head hits the pillow, you make an agenda per se for your day. So when you wake up, you know exactly what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, and you're able to play offense instead of defense. How, how has um, that plan tomorrow, tonight, how did that help you during the season? Uh, it helped me tremendously. Um, I was up until we really started getting into that part, I was kind of the person that um, knew of all the things I had to do and kind of kept them up here um, and never really put them down. And I, you know, just kind of went with the flow. If there was changes in schedules or whatever, I just kind of went with the flow. When we started, when I started planning tomorrow, tonight, I was able to implement the things that I knew I had scheduled already and the time that was dedicated to those. And that was the time that was dedicated for that. And that was all that I gave for it. And then there's things obviously that, you know, you, you can't plan for, whether it's, you know, what, what you're doing in between blocks or what you're going to do when the day is over with, you know, where you're going to grab dinner or, you know, what, what those things look like. So it, you have to be a little bit flexible with it. And especially with, with bowling, but the night before I was able to go in and put in, all the things that I do that I was doing and the times that I was doing it so that I knew that I had a schedule set and I was intentional about what I was doing during the day and so that I could be intentional intentional about what I was doing while I was competing and like I said we have our time being pulled in many different directions and so having that just it just kept me disciplined and gave me a little bit it gave me a freer mind space every time that I showed up to the bowling center to compete, knowing that, you know, I wasn't worried about, you know, what I was doing later because I already had it scheduled. I already have it down. And the night before it gives, it's, it makes me look at something and say, okay, when I, this is the time that I have to get up. And so that I have the time to get the things done that I need to get done before I can compete and get my body ready and get my mind ready. And then when I'm done, these are these are the things that I need to get done before I go to bed so that I can start winding down and give myself the ample amount of time to sleep beforehand. Because I, before I was, 
I was kind of going with the flow. You know, it was, you know, if I had to bowl later, I was, you know, I go to bed later. Or if I had to bowl early, I got to make sure to go to bed early. And it was always inconsistent. When I started doing this, things became a lot more consistent for me and gave me a much freer headspace uh, to work with. AJ, would you agree with a statement that the more consistent you are in your life outside of the bowling center, the more consistent you're going to perform inside the bowling center? A hundred percent. That couldn't, you can't say it any better than that. And I think that's true for the more consistent you are off the golf course, the more consistent you are on, the more consistent you are outside of the baseball stadium, the more consistent you are when you're in. Right. And I think that consistency really gives you a different level of confidence, which then shows up in terms of you bringing an edge to your performance and able to compete at a higher level. Just talk about AJ, the mental performance work that you've, you've done, right? The difference in the confidence that you have when you step up to the, to the, to the line, right? To bowl, where's, how has the mental performance, the preparation, I mean, everything that you're listing here, this is, this is incredible. The amount that you're able to retain and what you're able to speak about. And it's because you do it every day. But what type of confidence does that give you to have that type of process? Um, you know, we you talked about it. You know, confidence is nothing that you feel. It's what you do. Mm. And by doing all of these things and setting myself up every day before I compete, it gives me what I like. I like to call it quiet confidence mm. because I'm not I'm not bragging about these things. I'm not I'm not showing up every day and saying, hey, guys, guess what I did today? You know, look, look at what I'm doing. These are all the things that I'm doing because I feel like I have to do them at an elite level to be an elite athlete. And when I get through these things every single day, it's giving me that quiet confidence to show up every single day at the center to compete and telling myself, I got this no matter what's going on. I could be, I could be bowling bad. And, you know, there are times when I have, and I've let it spiral and I, I get it out in a very, like, not, not the greatest way. But I know that no matter what, I've I have it and I can figure it out and get through it because I have set myself up for success prior to because I've done all these things and gone through all this stuff before I even get to the bowling center. Um, and it makes me feel like I have that edge. I have that preparation edge. Um, it makes me feel like I'm one of the hardest workers in the room, uh, no matter what, because I'm going through things each and every day that I don't know that the other guys are. I don't know that. I don't know what they're doing, but I know what I'm doing. And what I'm doing is just giving myself as much, as much preparation and as much things to set myself up for success, no matter what. It's mm, awesome, man. AJ, I got about three more questions, man. I could sit here and wrap with you all day. Want to talk about mental imagery, the importance of you taking time out of your day to close your eyes and visualize yourself walking into that center with big body language and competing at the level you want to compete at. Maybe the imagery you would do like in your hotel before a tournament, or maybe in the center before you start bowling or then imagery that you're doing when you're actually got the ball on your hand and you're getting ready to act, to throw and you're seeing the pitch, you're seeing the shot before you throw it. Talk about that visualization or that mental imagery, like outside the center and then what you do inside of the bowling center. Yeah, of course. Um, so we, uh, we kind of talked about that with, uh, you know, with laying down in bed, you know, I have, I always found myself kind of struggling with getting myself to fall asleep, you know, after a, after a competition or traveling or whatever. And so the mental imagery part of it was, be it was listening to the video on YouTube that you have for bowling 
And it's more of a, like a meditation slash imagery thing because you're having to visualize all the things that you're going to be doing that next competition or that next day, as well as encompassing that with the breathing. And it brought me just a, it brought me a sense of calmness because I was already seeing what I was doing before I went to it the next day. And I was, I was getting my body to kind of calm down and allow my, myself to relax, to know that you got it. Everything, everything's good. And then during competition, when I was talking about my process, that closing my eyes and breath with my hand over the air, um, part of what, part of what I'm doing when I'm closing my eyes is seeing myself throw a shot with flawless execution, you know, how I want it, how I want the ball to feel off my hand, how I want it to, to look, how I want the ball to look going down the lane, um, you know, where I'm trying to hit, um, all those things. And, and obviously seeing, you know, all 10 pins fall down that, that part of the process brings in that imagery part, every single frame, every frame that I close my eyes and put my hand over the air, I'm visualizing what I need to do for that shot. You know, if there's an adjustment that I need to make, I take, I close my eyes and I, and I take that breath. And when I open my eyes, I know that I've already seen what I need to execute for that frame, uh, before I even do it. Mm, so good, man, dude. Unbelievable. So much we can unpack here. And AJ, I think the next question for you would be for professional athletes, right? And we're going to have athletes of all levels and coaches of all levels listening to this podcast, but I want you to speak specifically to the people in your shoes, the professional athletes, the NHL hockey players, the major league baseball players, the other, maybe not the other bowlers on tour. Cause you want to keep the competitive edge on tour, but the PGA golfers, <laughs> right? And as you're talking, as you're talking to professional athletes, who maybe are, are have not dabbled into mental performance. They're not working with a mental performance coach. You do, and you do intensely. What would you say to those other athletes that are looking to to be the best version of themselves and and get the most out of their career? What would you say to them about working with a mental performance coach? The importance of that. Take the step. There's there's no other simple way to uh, to put it other than you need to take that step. You need to take that leap. No matter what level of of competition you're at, um, you could be at the highest and have and have already accomplished so many things. But there's there's still parts there's still things that you're missing. Um, and it took me a while to realize that. You know, it, I was one of those people that was I would, you know, listen to everything that you know the, you were doing, and I was you know I would read about it, whatever. But I don't know that I was fully all in on it because. Because I was like, well, it's it's bowling. I've done bowling my whole life. And um, you know, I, I I see these other guys that are that are bowling that I know that are winning at a high level. And, you know, they've done some things that I haven't done yet. And I kind of and I know that they're not doing a lot of these things. So I kind of felt like, well, if the best in the world or the guys that are winning more than I am are aren't doing these, then you know, I can navigate it without no problem. And what I learned and what I found out was that I don't need to necessarily worry about that because I knew that I needed it. Mm -hmm. And, and it, I mean, it, it took, it took me kind of being at one of the lowest points uh, for me to realize that. And I wish I, I wish I had started it sooner. I wish, I wish I would have reached out to you, you know, that month after you came to team USA camp and said, Hey, we need, we need to do this one-on-one -on -one for the long term. And I wish it wouldn't have gotten to that low point because I did need it. 
and high level athletes of all sports, you do need it. Take yeah, that lead, take that step. It's it's like you work, you work with a strength coach, you, you know, to, to make sure your body's moving the right way. You work with a bowling coach, probably multiple got multiple guys, whether it's bakes, whether it's called your own, you've got a team of guys around you to make sure that you're moving the way you want to move, that your ball's doing what you want it to do but you don't have somebody necessarily on your team until now that's helping you with the thought process and the six inches behind all of that and kind of the, the overall life routines and architecture of how it all fits together. And I think for the, any baseball players listening to this, look, you got a pitching coach, you got a hitting coach, you got a strength coach, but who's helping you with the six inches between the ears that control the six feet below and at the highest level, PBA, PGA, NHL, NFL, major league baseball, UFC, the difference is, the mental game. It is the missing link. And AJ 100%. Johnson, you've done an incredible job today of uncovering that missing link for athletes, not just on the PBA tour, but in all sports and really in all aspects of life to be able to take and use what you've talked about. I mean, you covered the fear of failure, having something to go to, the importance of routines, moving from comparison into competition, the importance of physical triggers to help you flip the switch in your mindset, whether it's a shower, whether it's a jersey, the importance of a daily success checklist for optimal performance. You said confidence. It's not a feeling. It's what you do. You discovered, you, you discussed mental imagery, the one word focus, six to eight breathing, three keys to keep it simple, planning your days in advance. It's separations from preparation, getting 1% better, the importance of breathing and evaluation, recognizing signal lights. I mean, you can't fake chicken skin, man, and goosebumps. I got goosebumps <laughs> everywhere because of how much you just delivered after two weeks after, three weeks after winning, you know, a, a, a major in bowling and one of the biggest events that you can compete in. So AJ, the last question for you is for all of our listeners, man, they want to be, they want to jump on the AJ Johnson juice train and they want to follow you. Where can they follow you on Instagram or Twitter? Where can people get a hold of you or be able to follow what you're doing? Absolutely. Um, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, everything is at AJ underscore Johnson PBA. Um, I run everything. So I, you know, I appreciate everybody that does engage with me and uh, follows and, and sees everything that I have going on. I post everything that's going on in my life, whether it's bowling, whether it's my girlfriend and I getting ready to have a, a baby boy come next year. And uh, I couldn't be any more excited about that. So all, all outlets um, follow me, uh, take this journey with me because uh, it's only getting better. And, uh, and I can't wait to, to continue to do more because I took that step and, uh, and I know there's more things that, uh, that Kaner and I are going to dive into to get even better. 100%. And if you're a high school athletic director or you're a high school or college coach, and you're looking for somebody to speak to your team about mental performance, somebody who's in the battle doing it at the highest level and what they do reach out to AJ Johnson. That's at AJ underscore Johnson PBA on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. You can't miss them. AJ. Last thing here is I'm going to give a shout out to Mookie Betts, right? He's one of the best baseball players <laughs> in the world. Also one of the top bowlers in the world. And Hey, Mook, when you come back to Arizona for spring training, we're going to partner up. It's going to be you and it's going to be me and AJ against you and Kike. And we're going to see who comes home with the Arizona bowling championship. Kike and Mookie love it. against AJ and Kane for the Dominate Today PBA Championship out of Arizona. Call drone, close the doors, get the building ready because it's coming. We're blowing the roof off. I love it. Let's go. Let's go. Awesome. Pay-per-view only. AJ Johnson, thanks for being here on Mental Performance Mastery Podcast. And congrats on the success and most importantly, the continued success today. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Kaner. I appreciate it, man. 
I sincerely hope you got as much out of this podcast with AJ Johnson as I did. And if you would, if you enjoyed the show, would you please, wherever you listen to your podcasts, leave us a review, leave us a rating so that we can continue to grow the Mental Performance Mastery podcast community. And if you're looking for more when it comes to mental performance, check out our companion podcast, my Mental Performance Daily podcast, where you get tips, techniques, strategies, and stories to help you close the gap from where you are to where you want to be in two to three minutes a day. Just search for the Brian Kane Mental Performance Daily podcast wherever you're listening to this. And please also check out our sponsors and all the links in the show notes below. Thanks for being with us. Don't count the days, make the days count. And together, let's dominate the day.